0: us your ways, giving us understanding Lord. It's so wonderful to know that we are cared for by you. That's a great thing to know. And so Father we want to know more. We want to uh, have questions answered. We want to have needs met. We want to know and be reassured of your great love and we know that's why you gather us together. You have good things to tell us. You have wonderful things to unfold to us. So we thank you for that Lord in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. God <clears throat> amen 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 <laughs> pray that's okay <laughs> we didn't know if there was more coming we would go <laughs> I didn't know you know I said anyway let's go on but uh, anyway anywho, we're here um, today um, you know I just really was thinking about getting reassurances from God uh, different points in your life you know that <clears throat> We need sometimes to just come back and sit at the feet of of the Lord and and listen and and let Him uh, give Him our full attention and and that kind of stuff. So I was spending some time doing that recently, and the Lord told me He said, "I want you to reassure, start reassuring people about the fact that they were always wanted." That you need to know that you were always wanted. You were always wanted. And so um, in, in thinking about that I began to think about all of the ways... That as human beings, we put ourselves in doubt and we allow others to put us in doubt about our, our lovability. You know, are, are we lovable? Uh, are we acceptable? Are we, you know, there's certain things that happen in life that kind of can take you off balance and, and you need to be reassured about uh, certain things in life. And, and the fact that uh, you, you were here, you were wanted from the beginning of time before the world was formed God wanted you and he ordained your life uh, for that purpose uh, I think it's good to understand that we are not here by accident uh, we're not here as a second thought or we're not we didn't just get here and then somebody decided they wanted us but you were wanted before the earth began and you need to understand that you need to know that you're important to God Uh, he will make you important to other people Uh, so it's not that uh, you're just wanted and 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 needed by God but God needs you to fulfill uh, good things in the lives of others as well and so God begins to reassure us and begins to set us on the on a road of purpose in a road of significance, uh, you are significant to God, and I think if nothing else, Calvary proved that. If if we didn't understand that before, uh, we understand it now, and and we were significant to God before we received Christ. The fact that He died for humanity uh, before we had an opportunity to even accept that and accept what that meant means that you have always had significance to God. You. Did didn't just get significant when you were born again. You always had significance to God and so God wants us to know that he wants us to begin to rest in that truth just let that sink in and let that minister to you and let that help you to understand who you are your purpose here when God gives you uh, instructions and he gives you commandments he's not taking anything from you he's adding to your life Uh, if if nothing else you, you need to understand you know I'll hear people say say things like well the Christian life it's difficult well you have grace to do everything that you need to do I mean he enables you to do that he empowers you to do it uh, if you're not sure about doing it you meditate on the word and let the word convince you and you, you get peace about what it is you're stepping into uh, so this is, is something that, that sometimes we miss it's hard to live without the new birth and without the power of the Holy Spirit that's for sure but its it's not difficult if you can rest in the fact that God loves you he purposed for your life you are always wanted you are always desired and you are still wanted and desired by God so uh, we need to understand a couple of concepts the first one is a concept of predestination uh, the Bible talks about we were predestined for certain things the word predestined uh, there's some uh, 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 the root word two root words the one the first one means in advance pro that uh, uh, that that prefix means in advance and the uh, uh, Horiso is the second part of the word and it means to be bound to appoint to mark or declare or determine. So the word predestined means that you are limited in advance. See, in advance, you're limited to a certain goodness that he wants you to have. See, the limits of God are not bad limits, folks. Huh? just like with little children you put up barriers when they're just uh, learning to walk and learning to crawl you, you put them in a, a playpen or something like that uh, they're limited in advance because you only want good things for them as a parent and it's the same way with God we're limited in advance to good things only that's that's what we need to keep in mind the minute you say limit the rebellion in man will say oh, well see I told you he doesn't want me to have any fun no that's not it he's limiting you in advance to the goodness of the earth to the good things of the earth to the spiritual realm the goodness of the spirit realm as well we're limited to living off the fruit of the spirit anything else is going to kill us the fruit of the flesh and the works of the flesh and the desires of the flesh bring death the word says and so we're limited in advance to a good life To a maximum life to a a, a abundant spiritual life a more abundant spiritual life that's what we're predestined for he set us on that course and the fact that we disobeyed did not take that away from him he still we are still destined from the foundation of the earth to a good life a prosperous life a blessed life a fulfilled life a spiritually fulfilled life not just a natural life but a spiritually fulfilled life as well when God created us he created us in a way that lets us know we're loved and wanted if you look at creation turn to Genesis chapter 1 <clears throat> in verse 26 God said let us make man in our image after our likeness or just like us just like us i don't know how many children when their parents tell them they're like somebody boy you look just like boy does that make you feel included thank god and the parents aren't crazy enough to tell you you don't look like somebody in the i mean come on now (laughs) you don't look just like mom or just like that you look like uncle. you know i know you look you look like uncle you got them eyes just like uncle buck it ain't mary but that makes you feel included that makes you feel a part of the family that makes you feel wanted that makes you feel loved that inclusion is very, very important. And so when God created us, he included us in his family as his child, just like him. So really, <clears throat> our purpose and our, uh, our, our, our being were created and predetermined before the earth was ever formed. God had in his heart and in his mind more sons and daughters and that's us. See, we we can feel so estranged from God, we say, Oh, forget it, I'm just gonna go have a beer. You understand what I'm saying? That's that's the height of feeling rejected. You know, just just go off and do what the world does. And so if if you if if that's your mindset from time to time, you need to pull yourself into this. You know, you really need to grab hold of this. Because there's something missing in a child of God to think that your image is that far off of God that you would would sink to the depths of what the world has. To, to me, that's the that's the bottom of what the world has to offer. And sometimes people live in that mindset of rejection, they live in that mindset of fear, they live in that mindset of Aloneness and loneliness, to the point where they just so identify with the lowest rungs of the earth that they start to desire those things and want to live there. You think there's some happiness there for you. You think there's some joy there for you, instead of understanding who you really are and fighting to hold on to that image. You know, you fight to hold on to to the right thoughts and the good thoughts, the things that are of God. You know, it saddens me sometimes. You know, you you pick up sometimes a little something on the internet. Some some preacher was uh, caught with a DUI or something. You think, man, that person's anointed of God. What are they doing, going by in in a bar somewhere drinking? You know, what's up with that? And 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 you wonder what it is. And it's this here. This, this there's a, a place where people can feel estranged. They can feel distant, unwanted, uncared for, unloved, to the point where they don't identify with the God that created them in his image just like him why don't you try to be more like him think more like him have more of God aspirations God what do you want me to do what do you want me to do today I'm sick of living for myself been saved up 10 years and still trying to live for myself I'm tired of that what do you have for me to do today God will start opening up miraculous things to you. He'll start showing you what he purposed for you before the foundation of the earth. Everybody is here today. He purposed for you to be right here today. Right where you are. You understand what I'm saying? Before the foundation he saw you right here at this time right now doing what you're doing receiving his word and and living to hear his word you understand what i'm saying it doesn't matter who preaches it it's not just i'm up here but but we need to be living to hear his word period the word that he's ordained for us to hear and so when we understand that, that God so loved us, he He planned all of this way in advance. He saw you right here, right now, doing exactly what you're doing. And so he's created this to fit in with his, his divine plan for your life. It's a good plan for your life. We need to believe, number one, that he has a good plan you know if we believed he had a good plan we wouldn't squander our time with with a bunch of nonsense or or say we're lonely or we we need this or we need how many things do you really need that are tied to this earth we need very little that this earth uh, uh provides to be honest with you there's need a comfortable home we, you know i was thinking the other day i said uh you know i was uh um uh looking at you know where where my bedroom, my office are, I said, you know, I could live in two rooms to be honest with you. I mean, you know, you, you just think about just basic things uh, you know and, and I realize you property is, is God ordained for you that house just isn't for me you know what I'm saying I mean I'm, I'm not that narrow in my thinking about what God's doing but as far as bare necessities are concerned you know God wants us to have much more than bare necessities because he wants us to uh, be an overflow and a blessing for other people you know my house is more for others than it is for me. You know you all know that. But anyway you you, you just uh, can think about these things. And you, but I'm thinking about that in terms of what earth has to offer. But the 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 plan of God and the will of God is so much bigger than just my life you know it's it, it extends beyond where I am it extends to people who are oceans away from where I am it extends to people who have not been born yet you know it extends far beyond uh, where we are at any point in time in this earth and so we are not limited to what this earth uh, can can provide and what this earth what originates from the earth we're, we're much beyond that in our purpose and what god determined for us uh, before the foundation of the earth so it says here he says let let's make man in our image to have dominion let them have dominion so he always included more than one person this was always more than just adam and eve and that's what you need to think at about god has determined that your life as a human being would extend to much more than just you And much more than your children and grandchildren. I mean it goes beyond just the family that you're born into. He says let them have dominion. So there's your purpose. So he created you in his image with a purpose. With a God type of purpose. To be honest with you. Because dominion is what God has. So if he gave that to us on the earth. He is creating us with the same purpose that he has. We have a God purpose in everything that we do. He said, let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, fowl of the air, cattle, everything that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God created he him male and female created he, he them. And so God had in his mind male and female from the beginning, from the foundation of the earth. So if if you're a male, you were thought of at the same time as a female. Got me? That was you were all part of God's creation. And the same thing with the female. We're not one superior to the other. We're all sons and daughters of God created in his image. Now we have different gifts, talents, and attributes, but that can be said about everybody. We don't all have the same gift. We don't all have the same ability Uh, because God needs so much. Think about this. If we're all, all of humanity are children of God and we're all made in his image, think about how he looks. He looks like the American. He looks like the Asian. He looks like the African. He looks like the, the Polynesian. He looks like the people we've never met before and probably won't ever meet. He can do the things that all of us can do. One God does. We have all of us have to combine every gift of every human being that's ever been born and ever will be to encompass God. See. That's why we have to cherish and respect one another. That's why we have to highly esteem one another in love. You got me? That's why we have to respect and love one another. Because we need one another. Because we're all made in God's image and we all have divine purpose. We have a purpose of dominion. <clears throat> and so dominion really means to to um, to subjugate, to, to rule, to have ownership of and responsibility for. Then when you think about that, we're not thinking about some deranged person. When God gave us dominion, he didn't do it to a fallen person. He did it to an innocent man that was in constant communion with him. So really, we have dominion in conjunction or in partnership or under the leadership of God, not apart from him. So the earth is not ours to just take and do what we want to do, which is what man has always done. But are the Earth is ours to begin to cooperate with god 's plan for how to run the earth, and really, what God wants us to do the the running the earth what He wants us to do in the earth now is to uh, make disciples out of all men. See that's our main purpose now is to uh, preach the gospel to every individual and draw them into God's kingdom. Get them out of the kingdom of darkness. Pull them away from the devil's power. And so that's our main purpose. Now, when the new heaven and new earth are created, it will be a different thing. But for right now, God has left this work for us to do. And that is to tell everybody that God has a good plan for them. That they are wanted. They were always wanted by God. You've always been loved by God. I don't care what's going on in your life and what people have told you about yourself. I'm here to tell you that God has always wanted you. You are loved by God. You're desired by God. You're important. You're important to God. You're significant to God. God loves you. You cannot have purpose and significance outside of relationship with God. That's why many times a sinner just doesn't believe it. Because apart from God you don't get this doesn't click in right. What happens apart from God will start clicking into your flesh and your carnal mind. When somebody tells you you're significant you go look in the mirror and say "Mm, I'm all that and a bag of chips you understand what I'm saying you don't want this to sink in and settle in on a carnal on a carnal mindset and 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 with with a carnal purpose but when it settles in it should settle in in a spiritual fashion and you begin to think what great things could I do for God not for me but for God See, these are seminary, seminar type people who, uh, you know, oh, you have greatness in you and all this kind of stuff. If you don't have the spirit of God, you'll go home and be deflated just like a, a balloon. Once they puff you up with all of that great swelling talk and, and pep talk and you're this and you're that. If you don't have God to validate that somewhere, you are not got the word working for you so that that becomes real and it's not just a pep talk. It'll deflate just as fast. It's the same thing they've been doing all the time in these get rich quick seminars where they have these uh, you know, and I know them when people start letting them have them in churches and talking to congregations, they'd have worship music and then get up and talk about thinking grow rich kind of stuff. And so and it's it's deflated, it's discouraged many, many people. That is why we get empty seats in a lot of mega churches now because people were there for the wrong reason. You have to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to all humanity because just like a pep talk will keep you going for a week tomorrow it will wear off. And you'll be right back where you started from. So there's no lasting benefit to just words that that flatter you. Or try to tell you you're this. Or tell you that. You've got to know that from God. You've got to know that through relationship. And you've got to know that through the word. For that to really work for you. If you don't know that through your identity in Christ. You won't know it to where it's going to do you any good in life. So when God predestined us. To be conformed to the image of his son. That was always that was always the plan. That was always the plan. And we look at the fall as being something that wasn't quote unquote planned. We don't know if it was or not. But I do know that God always ordained us to conform to the image of His Son. Without the fall. Or in spite of the fall we're still predestined. So the fall really meant nothing except a course that that didn't have to be but it was. Just like a lot of things that happen in our lives. You know? Uh, sometimes you'll, 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 you might have a divorce or you might have a, a, a death in the family. It didn't have to be, but it was. You understand? But God still has a good plan for your life. He still has, has pre His predestination doesn't stop because of something that happens that He already had a remedy for. He took into account that we would disobey. He took into account. That we would spend we we would desire to stray away from him, he took all of that into account, and divorce was never an option i 'll say it again. Divorce was never an option; he never meant to throw us away, he never meant to cast us aside. he always meant to reconcile us to him because the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth, so the provision was always there. He's not human. He's God. Humans don't make provision for failure. You marry somebody your mind already has a preset limit of how much stupidity you can put up from with them. You never have a limit on your own stupidity but you got a limit on theirs. But God never put a limit on what he was going to put up with us from us. You know, and our little shenanigans that we like to pull—you know—don't want to do this, don't want to do that's too hard, and this too hard, and I'm struggling, and I'm this and all. all that whiny, whiny stuff that we do. God never said He would cast us aside if we took a, a year to whine and complain about what He asked us to do. Amen. Uh-huh always drawn us back always predestined for us to conform to the image of his son and that was interrupted when man fell but what did god do he mercifully reminded them you're coming back to me this blood and this sacrifice that i'm making to cover you temporarily i'm going to come back this is my oath and my promise that i will be back for you with the real thing I'll be back for you with adoption papers. I'll be back for you with a new birth. I'll be back for you with the remission of your sins. I will be back for you. Period. You are predestined to conform to the... You're predestined to be my son and my daughter. But for real though. You're not stepchildren. You're not, uh, you know, bad kids or the ones that went to reform school. And I got to, you know, take you back and I don't really want to. You know, the law isn't after me to make make sure I provide for you. I'm the sheriff. And I provide for you because I want to. Because you're wanted. You're desired by God. He loves us. Cares for us. So when he created us it was with a purpose of dominion. That is taking care of the earth. All the creatures in it. This earth would be our home. Heaven would be our real home. But this earth would be our residence. We were created out of the earth. So we have a kinship with it. We have a familiarity with it. So the earth. uh, if, If the earth didn't need us. To have dominion God wouldn't purpose it. So he needs godly people here to manage things. He needs godly people here to form governments. To form governments for the good of the people. To form governments that that rule over the people in freedom. That allow people to have their God given rights ensured. All those kinds of things. God set man in the earth to do that. And so when it started out he set man in the garden to tend the garden. And so God looked around and everything that he had created had the stamp of good on it. When you're approved as good by God, that's all you need. Huh? That's all you need. When you have his approval, that's all you need. Why do we go around looking for every other human being to tell us we're okay? Huh? When you have God's stamp of approval, that's really all you need. Huh? Amen? Amen? Amen. That's all you need. You you really, and when you get God's approval, it doesn't mean that you don't love people. Or you treat them like they're not important. If God's in you, you love people just like God loves you. Amen. Huh? You love them unconditionally, which means you don't hold grudges. You can forgive people. You can get around them and you're not stiff. Amen. Huh? Amen. <laughs> The true, and not on guard <laughs> waiting for them to see waiting to see what they're gonna do. no God's waiting to see what you're gonna do. Now what are you going to do? Are you going to be like God, or are you going to be like you? Huh, and so God proves us, folks. He proves us once He puts His love in us and His seal of approval on us, then we have to live in a way that a son would live. That's, that's what we're, we're here for to live as sons and daughters of God. Sons and daughters of God uh, allow people to to have the freedom to be themselves. And they live as an example that God wants them to be here on the earth. So we're, we're, because we're made in God's image, that puts us in a high position in each other's lives. That's why we get stupid when it comes to relationships sometimes. You know, you get involved with people and you think you can't live without them you know all that kind of nonsense stuff why we're made we're made in his image and so we seek after one another in the same way that we seek after God sometimes if you don't know God you'll put people on a pedestal you'll have goofy relationships you'll have you know you'd be halfway stalking people and you know speed dialing them and Every other thought you're trying to figure out how you go get them to do something, and all, you know that kind of nonsense stuff. And it's because we are made in God's image, and we hold a high value to one another, whether we know it or not. Hmm? The reason you can you can forsake God and go run after somebody is because they're made in His image, and you don't know the original; you're just chasing after a copy. Uh that's why relationships cause people so much trouble and turmoil they don't do what they do under god they do it under them then sometimes it's under duress then it's under the devil then it's under restraining orders then it's under you understand what i'm saying you just we get real goofy about people And then when we talk about, you know, we tell people, well, you really need a relationship with God. They think we're crazy because they think they found what they're, they found their God. And it's somebody with skin on just like them. You got me? We deceive one another like that. And so when we find the Lord, you don't reject people. But you put everything in its proper order in your life. If there's one thing that God will do when, you come, when he comes into your heart. He will put everything in your life in its proper sequence and proper order. And it's all going to be under him. Yes. Huh? It'll be under him. He doesn't lead you. If you're a Christian, he doesn't lead you into relationships, uh, uh, friendships and relationships with unbelievers. The Bible says what what fellowship does light have with darkness? You're not nothing like the darkness, you're light. And so if you're if you're finding fellowship with unbelievers, it's because there's some darkness in you somewhere. You're being led by that little bit of darkness that you got left in you. The devil will find a way to grab onto it. You understand me? It'll be something you can't let go of. You know, sometimes, well, I just like to go to the movies sometimes. Oh, really? God tell you you're supposed to do Well, you know, it's okay with God. You, you find out you, you're finding people there. You see what I'm saying? You get, well, there's somebody, well, they're not really a Christian, but oh, here we go again. See? Mm-hmm. That hole in your heart needs to be filled by God. <laughs> Or you'll find you keep sticking people in there. Well, you know, um, um, my first marriage didn't work out. But God's got me somebody else. You know, you said that when you had your own teeth and your own hair. Now you got somebody else and you're still saying it. I didn't mean that, but (laughs) yes, I did. (laughs) You know, it never goes away. If that doesn't get filled by God, if you don't stop yourself, shake yourself and say, now wait a minute. This continual divorce thing I keep having is not, that the Bible doesn't tell me I'm supposed, tells me I shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff. Now there's something wrong somewhere. You know, if you don't stop yourself and shake yourself and realize something's out of joint and get that fixed first. You get that fixed and you won't be looking for something all the time. Huh? I was married. I was content when I was married. I'm a widow. I'm a content widow. See, when, when my contentment started to slip after my husband passed away, I grabbed more on to God. That's what you do. You don't follow that wandering stupidity that tells you, you, you know, I got to get married again. I don't got to do nothing. Uh, I don't got to do nothing. You know, you you find your place of contentment. You know, and sometimes you'll be content, and then the devil send you people want to shake your contentment. You know. You know, people come up to you and tell you, well, I think you should you should marry so. And so, why? You don't know nothing about me, and you don't know nothing about them, and don't know nothing about marriage. How? you be coming up saying something like that to somebody who's serving God. <laughs> You're anointed, and you got ministry to do. Ah, I, as to, do you know all these adjustments you got to make? Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh. no finally I can mind the things of God the Bible says that when you're married you have to mind the things of the world how are you going to please that person and you know when you're single you can finally do what God wants you to do that's a little Morgan here in some ways you know don't, don't let this be a shock to you folks you can be content serving God. There's too many people that, that have, have served God without a whole lot of stuff. And without a whole lot of, I need this. And I, you don't need anything. You need to really find out that you were wanted. You've always been wanted. That's what you need to find out. You find that out and that will take care of all your wants, needs, and gottas. Ephesians 1:5 says we were predestined for adoption. God's always known that he would adopt us. So we got twofold creation in God. Number one, we were formed from the dust of the, the earth and he breathed the breath of life in us and number two, we were uh, born again of his spirit. So he's always had adoption in mind. always. Did sin separate us from adoption? Uh -uh. It was predestined. It just made us take a little detour. had to go around another different way. But when you get back, any road you take is going to wind up with you being adopted by God. So why don't we act like beloved sons and daughters? Let's act like beloved sons and daughters. Gee, I know I'm loved. You know, I, I, I can remember when I was married, sometimes if my husband and I would have disagreements and stuff like that. And I'd just, <laughs> you know, restraining myself. <laughs> I'd handcuff myself to the chair. So I went, ah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ah, yeah, ah. But, you know, I, and, and then I would just say to myself, I said, well, Lord, just let me... Let me get past this, you know, and, you know, forgive and, you know, okay, God, you know, what do I do? What do I say? And I said, well, you know, sweetie, I, I love you. He said, I know that. He said, I've never doubted that. Hmm? Which is more God than me, folks. That's a God response. That's not a human being loving you. That's a reassurance God put in him through me. We're supposed to have that effect on all humanity. We're we're to make people feel important. We're, We're to make people feel worthwhile. We're to make them feel valuable. Period. So, as beloved sons and daughters, we have a lot of love to give. And that's what God, that's what. Purpose is part of the purpose. When he talks about conforming to the image of his son, that's what Jesus went did. He went about doing good to everybody, enemies and friends alike. You know, if a Pharisee came up to him in faith and in, in the right attitude, he would treat them just like he treated anybody else who came up to him that needed help. You got me? He didn't remember all these stinking people from the religious people from the synagogue he would he would yield to their faith and to their desire for good things that's what his purpose went about doing good when he would preach to them and call them snakes and vipers or whatever he was doing good there too you got me calling that devil out of them and letting them know that what they were doing was was not right before god So all of it's good folks. It's all good. That's what sons and daughters do. They move under the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what God predestined us for. Is to be sons and daughters. In Romans 8. Where we're predestined. I think it's 8.29. nine. Mm-hmm. Verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, that's us, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. So God predestined Jesus before the foundation of the earth to be the firstborn of many. So that was always his mission. To be our older brother. It was always his mission to provide an inheritance for the rest of the sons and daughters of God. It was always his inheritance to lead the way for us. That was always his purpose and that was always what God determined for us. It says moreover whom he did predestinate. I'm sorry yeah. For he, whom he did predestinate that's us he also called whom he called he also justified Who he justified he also glorified so he's got all that planned for us we were desired by him from the foundation of the earth to be sons and daughters to conform to the image of his son he would bring his son forth wrapped up in sinful flesh just like us to show us his kinship to us but also show us how divine humanity lives in the earth. So if that ain't love, I don't know what, you know, how many of us get a a a, a first hand lesson in how to live and do things the right way. Wouldn't you have liked to have that when you, you were growing up with your parents? You wouldn't have got spanked so much. You wouldn't have got punished so much. You wouldn't have had to do so many things over and over and over again. And feel like you were disappointing your parents and so forth. But we have a, an example that has lived this life for us. And shows us how this life is to be lived. Successfully. Without failing all the time. Without feeling like you you know what's the use. Or you know all this kind of stuff. Frustrated all the time with ourselves we can live a life of of ease and peace why because we know we're wanted we know that we're loved we know that he has a purpose we know that we're not here by accident we know that we're not here because of somebody's failure or you know sometimes parents are aren't planning to have children and they 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 want you after you're here you know or they want you after you're not wanted after you're wanted way before you're wanted long before. You were wanted before you even got here. Jeremiah 1.5 See this has to wipe out any goofy feelings we have about ourselves that has to anything to do with how you got here in the natural. This has nothing to do with that. This supersedes it. This is more important than that, and it has more impact. Jeremiah one five: Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Yeah. So why is that important to tell somebody? Well, you know what? Did you see what Jeremiah had to go through to love? You know, in, in service to God. You see all the hard prophecy he he had to give, and in in bad news he had to get all the rejection he would suffer. Oh, you'd have to know this. See if you don't know this, see this is why we got preachers that, that, that die of drug overdoses after they've been saved, filled with the spirit. God's shown them everything, give them everything they want in life and give them great success and they go back to living a life on drugs. This is why they don't pick this one up. Oh, this is a reassurance to everybody who's ever born. You don't have to be a prophet and you don't have to be Jeremiah. This isn't a personal word just for him. This is for everybody, whoever comes into this world. He says, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. That part's true for everybody. Before we were even formed, God knew us. He had some knowledge of us. He, was, he, he spoke with us. He was intimate with us. He knew us personally. Things that that scientists refer to as instincts come from this right here. God knowing us before we were formed in the womb. That's true of everybody. He says before I formed you, he formed us. That means he put together the pieces of him that he gave to us. That's how he knew us. We came from him. got a piece of his brain you got a piece of his heart you got a piece of his understanding you got a piece of his knowledge you got a piece of so he put all of those he put duplicates of all of those inside of you and inside of me the parts that he knew that he would need us to have for the time that we would be down here on the earth for the purpose that he ordained for us he put that into you and into me that's why we have instincts for certain things what they call instincts. they You know, you, you have an instinct to feed yourself. You have an instinct to, to give yourself clothing and shelter and all those kinds of things. That's what God, he put that in us. We don't know that because we know that. We know that because we're created to know that. We have intimate relationship with the creator to tell us, listen. When you hear your baby cry, feed him. How do you think you know to do that? God, He, this is, comes from this relationship. Before you were formed in the womb, He put that in you to know that. Those things are universally known by all human beings. They're universally known. Or you would starve. You wouldn't make it. If God didn't have that knowledge with you before you're formed. And he says before you came out of your womb I set you apart and ordained you. If you're saved you're set apart. He set you apart before you were formed. How do, you, how do we conform to being set apart? Hmm? How do you adapt to that? You know it because God, you have a knowing in you that it's the right thing to do. It's just there. When you when you come into a knowledge, of, when you become born again, you you know that that's your time of surrender. Huh? Yes. Because you... <laughs> oh, I guess. I couldn't resist it any longer. I used to make fun of Christians and, and you know, think they were stupid and all that. And then one day... It's because before he formed you, he set you apart and ordained your life to conform to the image of his son. That's what he did for you. So if all that's preordained, why do we think we struggle? Why do we think we fight? It's because the devil tells you you're supposed to. There's no struggle here. He didn't say he ordained us to struggle against serving him. And struggle with letting go of the world and struggle with he, he can tell you all that he ordained us to conform, yeah. period you're ordered to conform in other words, there's a a a a limit around your life in advance to conform to the image of his son. You're just messing with your own mind telling yourself it's hard, not hard because you're limited. You're already limited in advance. You're going that way. You might you might think you're kicking and screaming, but you're going that way. Huh? You're going that way. Yeah. You know, just be mature and, and embrace it. You know, that's what mature sons and daughters do. They embrace the responsibility. There's one thing about the older, older of the sons, you know, in the story of the prodigal son. The older son embraced the responsibility. He didn't like it. But he embraced it you got me so mature sons embrace it first and then like it later huh yeah sure you embrace it first and like it later you don't respond to all these little flinches in your flesh to tell you this ain't right and I shouldn't do this and when am I gonna be able to have some fun will am I gonna be able to do this and where am I gonna be you embrace it first and then you like it. You depend on God to change your likes. But you embrace it. Maturity embraces this. You embrace the fact that you're wanted. You embrace the fact that you're always wanted. By God. Your parents really are vessels that he used to get you here. Huh? And you and I know he'll use anybody to get somebody here. I mean i'm not I'm, I'm not talking about nobody's mom and daddy, but you know what I mean, so the vessel that gets you here is not as important as you getting here. Amen. 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 Now, everybody wants to be wonderful parents, but everybody ain't, and if parents are honest. And they have a kid that turns out to be a real good kid. They'll admit I don't know how that happened in this family. And what we had against us. You got me? So every parent knows there's an unseen hand that helps them. There's an unseen mind that gives them ideas. There's an unseen. That's the predestination factor. God's predestined them to conform to his image now that doesn't mean everybody's going to yield to it but they've been predestined for that God does everything that he can to make that happen so when God chose us for his purpose and he purposed the purpose his purpose will is that he determined that he would choose us and he begins to work out that plan for us He made a decision to create us. We're created in his image. That means we are like him. We're not like the devil. If we do devilish things, it's because we don't really embrace this truth. He made a decision to love us. And his love satisfies our hunger to belong. If you still are looking for somebody or looking for a relationship and looking for love in all the wrong places. Huh? You're still panting after something other than God. Like if you didn't stay long enough in the love, love box that he created for you. Huh? He has a little crib that he tosses us in. Rocks us to sleep. Reassures us. That we belong. So his love satisfies our hunger to belong. Everybody has a hunger to belong folks. The Bible says he puts the solitary in families. When you're single he helps you to create a family. That you can can, uh, mature in and live and relate to. God also, when He created us, He released us to make decisions, and one of those decisions for Adam and Eve was to reject His love. So we have a, a we can we can decide to reject His love, and then He made this decision also. He created us for adoption, so the adoption allows us to return to His love. Adoption always gives a second chance. Whether it's a natural adoption. Or whether it's a spiritual adoption. That gives a second chance. Adoption does. So when you see that in the Bible. He predestined us to be adopted. That means he takes us up. He created us. But then he also takes us up into relationship as sons and daughters. He chooses to do that. He chooses to do that. We were not conceived and then wanted. We were wanted first. And that's different from natural, your natural birth. Your natural birth has an effect on your soul. It definitely does. But then your spiritual connection to God is stronger than that and overrides that the thing of the earth is temporary and temporal but this thing about the relationship between us and God is eternal it was before the foundation of the earth so what comes after cannot nullify what was before Abraham was before the law amen the law never nullifies faith I don't care how much people try to make it that way, the law will never nullify faith. People can believe God and don't know anything about the Ten Commandments, and God will work for them. I was. Uh, there was a story about some missionary people that went to uh, a remote place where they were so, so dying to get there to bring the gospel to these poor people. And there was uh, a, a man there who was working miracles. And he says, Oh, yeah, I know that they, they call that God something different, and they're native, but the concept was the same. And they realize that God can reach people and touch people without Bibles, without the written word, without. He writes this word on your heart. Right, he and He knows how to connect with people. Right. He knows how to make you. He knows how to adopt His kids. He knows how to find them and adopt them. Right. And you know that's so like God. Uh-huh. Get missionaries who think they're the be all and end all. And, oh, we've got to hear. Here's some un, unreached people. You don't know if they unreached or not. You know you think they are. You get there they reach more than you are. Mm -hmm. God knows who he can trust. You know missionaries. You know traditionally will go and open up countries. And then wind up taking all the resources from the people. That's how Africa got overrun with with people. Who enslaved the people and, and took the good of the land. It was through missionary efforts. Missionaries go in and and weren't careful to to hold on to to what God sent them there for, and many of them went on their own will, you know, with ulterior motives. There are people that go on, you know, and, and you be careful sending your money to these people you don't know anything about, because many of these church mission trips are nothing more than sightseeing tours and and uh, shopping. Excursions for the members. So you just have to be careful about this. God knows who. This is his plan. This is his program. Jesus is the head of the church. He knows who to send where. And he knows how to send them. One thing I can tell you about the internet. It kind of keeps a lot of people honest. Because if you want to get on there and preach the gospel. Put your stuff on there free. And let people receive the teachings of God. Let them receive the word of the Lord. Let them learn from the things that God's taught you. We have to go over there and you know. Take up offerings and get land and all that stuff. In exchange for some Bibles. And that kind of nonsense that people have done. You know traditionally. Keeps you honest that way. So anyway he says before I formed you I knew you. Gosh before we came Before you came into a person, God knew you. It's amazing. Just amazing to think how God put us together. It's so beyond anything we could ask or think. It's so beyond anything that we could imagine. It's just beyond it. The Holman translation says, I chose you before I formed you. I just can imagine God creating different parts of us and understanding that and then putting it together he saw he saw your your skin color, the color of your eyes. He saw your gifts and your ability. He saw your hands working, making things. He saw you creating things. And he saw all of that. And then, in this span of time where it was, where your birth date came together, he put you together and delivered you here. You got me? It's just amazing the creation that, and we're still understanding stuff about creation. He says I wanted you long before your mother and dad wanted you. I wanted you first. Long before they wanted you. I wanted you first. Adoption is so important because many times in the the carnal mind. Parents can have something in mind that they expect out of children. And if they don't get it. If they're not mature they can be disappointed and show that disappointment. But. And and maybe not want you or just not be warm up to you very much. So you need to know you were wanted first. Your being wanted does not depend on your behavior. On your conformity. On your obedience or lack of. God always wants you. He wants you good. He wants you bad. He wants you smart. He wants you crazy. He wants you on drugs, off drugs. So he set us apart for himself. Not for anybody else but for him. He set us apart for himself. To do what with? To bless us. Isn't that what the Bible says? He created them. He blessed them. And he said go forth. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth. Subdue it. Do your thing. Hmm? Do your thing that I give you to do. Young's literal translation says before I formed you I have known you I have known you which means there's a continual contact between us and God always before you were formed there's a little cricket there do we want to put a something over him and grab him or what <laughs> he's walking along the baseboard. You coming up to the altar cricket? You can you can put like a like I said. Yeah, he well before he was formed. <laughs> so God knew our purpose for living and <laughs> dying I think he was on his way to the altar, I ain't Sure, but it probably took him two weeks to get here. But God knew our purpose for living. He had contact with us in an unformed state. He he had contact with you in an unformed state. Same thing with Adam. You can see that he said, "Let us." He conceived of him. Let us make man. He decided. Once God decides something, he doesn't go back. Because he's holy, he's pure. Why would he change? You don't change perfection. Hmm? I always think of that Happy Days, the trailer at the beginning of Happy Days, where the Fonzie goes to comb his hair and he looks. You know, what do I I mess with this for? I don't need nothing here. That's God. He's perfection. He doesn't change. So he gathered us together and placed us in the womb. Got me? Gathered us together and placed us in the womb. He conceived of you as a person and gave you a soul which contains intellect, ability, talent, personality all of which came from him and is like him so we are 100% like God period no ifs ands and buts about it Jesus said you see me you see the father Christians are like Christ folks we are like Christ You, you ever doubt that you start talking to somebody under the unction of the Holy Spirit and see if that's not proven out. Yeah. Well, and what what happens is after you after you witness to somebody or say something the devil come behind you and say something stupid like to see if you'll buy into it. And most times we do because we don't really address him and tell him he don't have nothing to do with this. Devil this is God's business. You don't have nothing to do with this. Sometimes God will have you do things that that will blow your mind. You know. Why? Because they're not by the book. Know what I mean when I say by the book? We all think, you know, in your imagination. Well, God send me somebody witness to today. And you rehearse in your mind what you're going to say to them. The Bible tells you don't do that. We all do it anyway. You know, we want to do the Roman road or you know two snaps in a circle or whatever (laughs) with whatever you do you know what i'm saying i mean it's all the same if it's rehearsed what difference does it make that's because it came out the bible that don't make it the right thing to say instead of opening our mouth and letting him fill it with words sometimes the thing where you say that you think you messed up totally was the total right thing to say i mean a seed is a seed water to a, a drowning person is wet you got me, and so you, you. We have to to understand that when we step out into the will of God, that's His Son moving through us. That's Jesus walking through us. Whether we feel our words are are fumbled or or they're not, oh, I wish I knew. You know, after after. You, the conversation's over you think but I wish I had said this I wish I had said that I, you know all that kind of stuff you know now there are some things that we can do to to be more succinct until we learn how to really work with God but for the most part he uses what we do if you weren't the one to send he would never have uh, said you know uh, filled your mouth those are his words That we we speak. And so that's our purpose. Is to be like him. All the time. Everywhere. To be like him. To be like him. So he gathered us together and placed us in the womb. He conceived of you as a person. Gave you a soul that includes intellect, ability, talent, personality. You know don't get around religious people and start imitating that. You know, and don't get around spiritual people and start imitating that. Learn how to be who God called you to be. You no, know, there are people that admire, greatly admire certain men and women of God and there's there's nothing wrong with that, and learning from that. But there are times where they'll just wanna they Talk like him, act like him, walk like him and all that. Oh well you can tell that's his spiritual son. Yeah but we're sons and daughters of God. What happened to Christ's image in us? God came first. This person he used came much later. Psalm 139.14 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, "He says your soul knows it." <laughs> In other words, you blow your own mind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me find that. I, I found several translations. That, that kind of <laughs> it was just kind of funny the way they were, uh, you know, translated. What did I say? Psalms. Okay let me see what notes I made on it It says your soul knows the wonderful works of God by knowing you (laughs) our creation is beyond our own understanding Hmm? that's why you can do some things by faith just step out and 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 just, you know, be led by God because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't you don't know, I, all you know is I believe God's telling me to do this. I'm going to step out and do it because your soul knows that there's more to you than you ever knew and ever can know. So you can expect to blow your own mind. With some of the ways that God will use you. Some of the things God will tell you. Some of the things God will share with you. Some of the revelation he will open to you. Your soul knows it very well. 139.14 14. says I will praise you. Well there is nothing left to do when your mind's blown. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows right well your hmm? Your soul's in contact with your fearfulness on the inside of you. Amen. Huh? Ooh, I'm scared of myself. Yes. Huh? Amen. Yeah. If you never said that you need to. Huh? I scared myself. The human body is one of the most studied of God's creation. Hmm? One of the most studied of God's creation. And we are still learning some things about the human body. There's it's a it's a puzzle. And this is God's plan. There's some things that God will not share with us. Some knowledge that he will not share. He keeps it to himself. And so it's just enough for your soul to know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and you praise God for it. huh? All I can, is left to do is praise you Lord. Because I don't even know how you made me, what you made me to do. And all the wonderful things that I can do. We limit ourselves by expecting only natural things out of ourselves. Getting hung up in the natural side of life. I can remember praying uh, when I was a younger Christian. Praying and and being so impatient that God would answer prayers. And the Lord said, well if I answer this one I'll give you another one to pray. He said, "You'll you'll always be believing me for something. So it's, all, it's going to be a fact of life. You'll never just be able to sit back and say, well, I don't need to believe God anymore. I can rest from my faith. No, uh-uh. No, absolutely not. So it helped me to learn how to add patience, add some virtue to my faith. You know, faith without the helpers is is kind of, if you don't get... Something in there that allows you to be able to live for God peaceably, while you're waiting for manifestation, you you're gonna be a sorry little Christian, be a very unhappy Christian. People who who don't have an understanding of their worth in God will always look at other creatures made in His image for comparison. The next the next great Minister, you see somewhere, you know, and TV, internet, wherever you you're often running, trying to be like that person. Huh? I still say God has your own your own work for him in him for him to to do for him. You know, He doesn't call you as the next anybody. He calls you with your own calling. You know, I, I I just don't believe a lot of that comes from God. I think a lot of times people just are inflated in their flesh and they look up to cer- certain people and they think they'll never attain to that. And that's why the enemy will say things like that to them, you know. <coughs> Psalms, <coughs> <coughs> Psalms 8 verses 4. And 5 tells us he made us a little lower than himself. Some translations say a little lower than God. Some say a little lower than the angels. Psalm 8. He made man that way. He says what is man that you are mindful of him. Or the son of man that you visit him. For you have made him a little lower than the angels and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And you put all things under his feet. Everything. And so we are crowned with glory and honor. We are a mystery unto ourselves. But we can learn about us through God through understanding his word through through understanding God what he put us here to do and walking that out you'll never understand your full potential until you have relationship with God he validates you continually know how you see sometimes little kids when they're they're insecure they'll keep dancing around trying to get attention from the parents and so forth and so on you know if parents are smart they'll take some time and just reassure that child you understand what I'm saying don't make them keep trying to vie for your attention you know but God validates us on a continual basis he continually reassures us he continually he knows exactly what you need when you need it continually reassures us So we're a mystery to ourselves, but we know that God has divine purpose for us. He has good things in store for us. Whether you call them great or not great, you know that you're important to him. See, You know your worth when you have relationship with God. It's only through relationship with God that you know this. You can't tap into it. Your soul can't tap into it without your spirit being reborn. Not fully. You, you'll never get the full essence of this. You'll be constantly giving yourself pep talks. And constantly trying to find other people to validate you. You look for something greater than you to validate you. That's why people are always comparing themselves against one another. They're looking for God's reassurance but they look for it through people. And when, in, in many times you'll develop a lust for that. And when you start lusting after it, human beings get tired of you. You know? Oh, they're codependent, and yeah, I just had to break that relationship off because they, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? We understand certain things about God through our imagination. Hmm? You can dream, you can have visions. You, we're capable, as a people, of extraordinary things. You know that because ideas come to you. huh? All it needs is a, a reassurance from God that that idea came from him. And he'll give you a plan to carry it out. If we just get ideas all the time and no divine light, divine energy, no divine green light to implement it, we'll be frustrated and tired. That's why many times people who who, have, uh, who want to do great things or want to do things that their imagination tells them to do. If they don't tap into God, they're angry, upset, frustrated, depressed because God didn't give you imagination just for you to, to uh, plan a bunch of things or want or desire a lot of things that are not attainable. See your imagination is to work with you so that you can have creative a creative place to put together the things that make your life enjoyable. That's what that's for. Imagination is not for wishing. Now some people wish they could have this and wish they could have that. That's not what your imagination is for. It's to get divine imprint. It's to get divine inspiration and bring it before God. So that he can put divine energy on it. So you can bring it to pass. And you know. What God puts in a person's heart and mind. Can't be stopped. It just. You know. If, if they'll, they'll work with God to implement it. You know. And, and if a person. God will work with persons who, who really. You don't even know if they're saved or not. But they get so into what they're doing and so encouraged doing it over and over again um uh i was listening to somebody interview Did anybody you know who jack ma is he's the press ceo of alibaba they they had an ipo yesterday they're they're the amazon of communist china see this man this man's got I don't know how many this thing's worth more than all of them put together all the biggies over here he lives in communist China where you're forbidden to do anything except give everything you own to the chairman you understand what I'm saying where a creative idea is just a long shot he said somebody asked him how did you how did you do this how did you you know whatever what they they are wholesalers in china that's why they he's so big because you got to buy 10,000 of whatever it is <coughs> if you go on their website and you click want to buy it says how many thousands <laughs> and say, oh, it's the wrong website you know what i'm saying but but anyway uh, but americans now are investing in it they're traded now on the new york stock exchange and so uh, somebody asked him, "Well, you're from Communist China, and they're not a capitalist. You know, they're a communist country. They don't like capitalism there. They like him, though. It's funny how deep in the heart of every communist there, somebody likes money in there, so they don't restrict him." And somebody asked him, "How did he, how did he get that idea?" He said, "Well, I started years ago. I saw the movie Forrest Gump." I watch that movie all the time. I watched it. He's over in the United States yesterday. You know, of course, they're gonna let him ring the bell in the morning or whatever. And so he says, "I watched that movie about four times since I've been over here in the U.S. I love that movie." He said, that, and they said, "Don't you know he's 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 a fictitious? You know, he's not a real character." Oh, I don't care. He inspires me. I decided I was going to be just like him. His imagination conceived something that apparently God honored because it's working like crazy over there and they're going to expand even more you know their next next plan is to go from wholesaling like they do now you know to to having maybe an ebay type thing with it but but that's what the human imagination can conceive of folks that's what it can conceive of And if God feels that he wants to bless the Chinese people with jobs and that kind of stuff he will use that man to be able to implement these things and carry them through. How much more would it be secure for him if he gets to know the Lord and we don't know that he doesn't. He might and not be at liberty to tell too many people. You understand because of where he lives. But I'm telling you, God puts that ability in all human beings. Your imagination was not made to think about lewd things and risque things and, and that kind of nonsense. It's a waste of time. It's made to conceive of things that will put people to work. Give them jobs. Give them opportunities. The worst thing we've ever done was allow drugs to to bring people's imaginations down to the devil's level where the devil can get in there and play with people's creative ideas and creative ability so that he can take them down to defeat but God will use that we are fearfully and wonderfully made made a little bit lower than God made a little bit lower than the angels because we're down here on earth but we have divine ability but God wants us to know that he wanted us from the beginning before he formed us he knew us Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says that he knows the plans he's familiar with the plans he's not coming up with new things for us but they're already conceived and he says I got planned to do you good my plans are not for mischief in your life. I didn't plan any death, illness, sickness. I didn't plan that. I plan to do you good. I didn't plan any of that stuff for you. And if it happens, I can correct it. What he doesn't plan, he doesn't let stay in your life. It's a blessing. If he didn't plan it for you, it will not stay in your life. Mm -hmm. he'll get you right on his plan so his plans for good not disaster and to give us an expectation and hope even to the end of our life you never quit hoping people who serve God they don't quit making plans for more souls to win more uh, meetings to go to more things to do for they never quit you know you can be an elderly person and have neighbors move in next door to you. And already God's telling you when you're going to witness to them. How you're going to affect them. You know, Tell them, invite them over, whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Till the end he has a good expectation and a hope for you. But the Lord wanted me to let you know that you've always been wanted. Amen. You are always wanted. You were wanted first and then you were conceived. Amen. Amen. Father we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be reassured of your great love for us Lord thank you that we're not accidents we're not people who just happened here but we are divinely placed in this time in this hour in this earth the way you wanted us to be placed so we thank you for that father we bless you we worship you and we magnify you in Jesus name amen praise God amen 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 if anybody needs